Jacko, mate. Uh, welcome to a review. And the second again, boys, we're about to review a massive week of racing that was at Rose Hill and Flemington. We obviously had All-Star Mile Day down in Melbourne at headquarters. And then we had five massive group ones at Rose Hill, including the Golden Slipper. We had a fat day, which is fantastic. Um, haven't gone through and had a look at how our tips have gone in the end, but geez, we had a massive day again. Jacko, how are you, mate? Fantastic, mate. Um, just want to take the opportunity as well to say thanks to all the supporters, everyone who's sending messages in and, and um, shooting us a follow and likes on the Instagram page. It's been super so far, guys. Can't wait to keep building with everyone. For sure. And obviously, really exciting news during the week. We got our podcast going on uh, Spotify too. So we'll continue to bring the content and that Instagram page will now get used. So sort of more like a highlights page and, and our tips will get posted on there as well. Mate, what a weekend of racing. We're on, on fire again. We're on a little bit of a heater at the moment. Don't want to talk ourselves up too much, but we are going pretty well. How'd you end up? How'd you fare for the day? Overall, it was a really nice day. Um, I did most of the damage towards the middle. So there's always that danger that the ego can step in late, you know, last couple of races. Do I step in? Do I, do I put the cue in the rack? But, um, you know, in the end, I, I did the sensible thing and put it away. So ended out on top. Um, how did you go, mate? How did you travel? Yeah, pretty good. I was, um, I was supposed to be playing footy and footy actually ended up getting cancelled. So I thought, um, yeah, perfect opportunity to get to the track. But no, I actually had a friend's engagement party as well. So I was uh, doing the antisocial thing every 15 minutes, placing my bets and watching the races. I've actually got a pretty funny story for you. We were, um, we were watching the horses load up for the slipper. We were watching them load up. And, you know, that they usually run a minute, minute and a half late for that race. Anyway, the third horse gets loaded into the gates. And what do I hear? I hear, righto, guys, outside for speeches. And I thought, this can't be happening. Like, this cannot be happening. You, I've, been, I've been great. I've been here all day. I've, I've loved every minute of it. And now you call speeches. And this is the thing I'm thinking, okay, 1,200-meter race, it goes for about a minute 13. I think they ran a minute 13 on the weekend. And I'm sitting there on the couch with the grandma and the grandpa, and they were enjoying having a watch too. And someone came in and said, come on, you guys, switch the TV off. Like, oh. switch the golden slipper off. And I've gone, like, I was just bemused. So I, I stood up and went outside. And I thought, if you give me the extra minute, I won't be rude. Like, I'll watch the race. Instead, now the speeches are on and I'm going to have to watch it here. So, anyway, that was my... It rattled me, to be honest. I didn't even know what to say, but uh, it was... Um, I ended up okay on the day anyway, but it was, yeah, an interesting situation. Like, what do you say? Because, really, I probably am being a bit rude, but it's a slipper. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's such a tough part of, 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 first of all, being a degenerate, and second of all, just the races themselves, is that um, it's always on a Saturday. There's always something going on on a Saturday, and we're just simple blokes. We just want to have a bet, watch the race, and then we'll be with you in a minute and a half. It's as simple as that. So hold the speeches up. You know, the fucking slipper's on. I'm not asking for too much of your time. I'm asking for no time of your own. Just give me the minute 13 to watch these two-year-olds run around a track. Um, want to make quick mention. So in the news, obviously, today has come out that Home Affair is going to be going over to Royal Ascot. Um, that's been confirmed, but he'll be bypassing the TJ. He's pulled up with a bit of soreness from his last run, which would explain why he ran so awfully. Um, so he's going over there and got some more exciting news about Royal Ascot. Jacko, do you want to tell our... 
Bands about your favourite horse? Yeah, um, he's he's like an ex-girlfriend. This horse, he's just like honestly um, had plenty of good times and a lot more bad. So um, you know, happy happy to say that Artorius is headed over as well. Um, obviously, he's a horse with a lot of talent. He just hasn't been able to to excel at, at, at in in Australia and hasn't been able to, to to lift it to the massive Group Ones that we thought he would get to, but. They're having a crack, so good on them. We'll see how he goes. Hopefully both horses travel well and, and do us proud over there. Absolutely. I think it's great. I think it's one of those things that I'd like to see as many horses get over there as possible. How good would it be to have Home Affairs and Nature Strip one, run one, two in, in a massive sprint race over there? They'd demolish them, so that'd be great. We've got a new segment as well. We've got a couple of new segments coming in today. Our first one, um, every review we're going to go through and we're going to have a look at the rides from the weekend and pick our Saturday steer. Jackson, did you find one? We found one. Um, our mate, Brenton Abdullah. Um, he's only just recently back from injury as well. And the bloke has not lost a step, had a pretty serious, serious injury was out for a, about half a year. So he just came back, sort of flew under the radar. He's, he's found a couple of winners in the meantime, but geez, he's back in a big way now. It was on Fireburn in the slipper. So biggest race on the card, biggest race of the of the year for the two-year-olds and, and no better way to stamp yourself there. But he's he's got back. He's almost been smashed into the fence. We did actually collide um, into the fence from the stable, mate. So you can imagine Gary Portelli, the trainer, watching his two horses get into a, a fucking joust at the, at the thousand meters. Um, but he's stuck on the fence. And one thing about Abdullah is that he's just so patient at waiting for those gaps to come up. He doesn't panic and try and push things out of the road. And he, he just keeps the horse in momentum. And that's exactly what he did here. The gap ended up opening and we saw the way she finished off. The last 400 was, was booming. For sure. I think it's well-deserved. I thought it was a fantastic ride. Credit to you also. In our preview for the race, you actually describe this ride word for word and you said who knows might go in underneath them and just be over the top of them exactly what he did so fantastic saturday steer goes to brenton let's stick at rose hill eh? so let's go to race two this was money on marzu so no questions about who we tipped in this race and didn't he just shit in he was very good another super ride from clipperton um just got such a great affinity with this horse he just seems to know exactly where to have him has the horse balanced up at all times and never gets too far back, which is, which is very important. Um, so just sits in that beautiful midfield spot. It was just too good for this lot. We obviously gave a really good push on the Thursday night. So really happy to come away with the chockies there. They laid him again, Ned. So a couple starts back, he's, they laid him out to four bucks or something after starting at threes. And then they've laid him again here. He was, he was black. I think he was black odds opening, then went into a dollar 60 and back out to two ten or something. So Jesus, like that's just fruit, isn't it? But the horse is bulletproof. I don't know what they're taking on. Like, I go back and look at that race and I don't want to follow any of the horses out of it. So, I just don't... I, I was licking my lips when I saw that drifted back out at 210 five minutes before the jump. Um, money on Marzu. We strike again with our best bet, mate. So, fantastic work. Race three, we'll just touch on no compromise. Obviously, a massive change in tactics. Jay Ford decided to take it to the front. I was a bit worried early, like he sort of was three deep and then held on and it was super run, always promised that. So Surefire though is one you've tipped us into. I thought he was going to win. He did look a big chance at the five to 600. It was the tactics in the end that got no compromise home as he touched on. The, the horse usually has no gate speed, but for whatever reason, they were able to settle forward today and that was the winning move in the end. So well done to them. But Chris Waller, um, it's almost like you just get a wheel, you just spin it, 
in these staying races, throw a dart at some stage and hopefully it lands on the right one because he's got always five or six in these types of races and normally he gets the trifecta. So you just got to find the one that he's backed in the end of the day. But Surefire ran well. Um, they've run 0.6 above benchmark he has. So nice enough performance. It's still got a little bit of improvement to come. I think they can get over a, a little bit of a bigger trip. So we'll see where we go there. But I know one you wanted to touch on as well was Chalkstream. Yeah, Chalkstream. Um, Sydney Cup run. So this is obviously a horse that's come from overseas. This horse looked like it had nothing to give at the 2200. So there's 200 metres to go and this horse looks like he's got nothing left to give. And his last 200 was massive. It was fantastic. So he smashed the line. He's about that $15, $16 mark at the moment in the Sydney Cup. He'll be third up into that race. And I think he'll run a pretty cheeky one in that. We just don't have any stayers, mate. So... If you can find one that does come from overseas and is showing some ability, I think there's there's maybe some money to be made. So one to follow for me, Chalkstream, maybe in the Sydney Cup. Um, on to the next. So race five we're going to go to, which is the Ranvit. Um, we saw one of the, probably not the biggest upset I've seen this year, but you know what? Yeah, it probably was. It probably was the biggest upset we've seen. We did say that the only other horse that is sort of even in the, in close proximity to very elegant was Montefilia and she's found a way to knock her off. Yeah, for sure. Montefilia's run best of the day, 3.5 above benchmark. So super performance. She obviously loves the wet. She just hangs out for, for these wet decks and she's just produced an awesome figure here. So well done to them. Um, I know Patty Payne was quite bullish and I wish she would have uh, come out outspoken with that and a few of us would have been on, but no, well done to them. Yeah, big surprise for sure. I think I agree. I think it's the biggest upset so far this year. Um, obviously, on face value, it's quite disappointing. She's only gone 1.3 above benchmark, and she's another horse that excels on these wet tracks. So a few question marks around there. Some of the question marks, again, for me, were around the, the ride. J-Max just done a similar situation to what he did with Animo a couple of weeks ago. Just sort of waited and waited. They were going a very slow pace. They went 16 lengths below benchmark up to the 800. So there was no pace at all. If you're sitting last and just waiting to press the button, you're almost no chance, regardless of what horse you've got underneath you. So she's run okay. I just know that Chris Waller, there's always something left in the tank. There's always a target down the track. If there's no explanation other than, you know, just she was flat, you know there's a target coming up. So for me, I think it's the Queen Elizabeth with her. They'll get her up to 2,000 again. Um, she'll be fitter again. Hopefully another wet track and you'll see her run really well. I'm a bit confused about this preparation. I don't like we've got, we've found a horse that has come out and shit in, in a Melbourne cup. And we've now got her back running in a grand final being 2000 meters. Now the tankard this weekend, which is over 2400, which probably suits her a little bit more. Like she's obviously the one at Caulfield cup at that distance. She's won a tankard previously. I just can't, I can't comprehend this 2000 meter preparation. I don't, it's obviously, it must be a prize money thing. It must be something to do with that, but I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. What would you have done with her? Would you have kept her at 2000? Would you, would you have tried to push her for that tangred path yourself? I know we're not trainers, but. Yeah, I think, I think, look, she, she gets to every distance. We know that there's, she's not going to be disadvantaged at any distance. I think what it is, is how do you set the horse up? So it's now three weeks into the Queen Elizabeth from today. I thought it would have been a better setup to have two weeks into it. So I'm not sure if they keep her in work for those three weeks and, and, or, or give her a little bit of a layoff for, for a week or so. Um, that's the biggest question for me, but she goes on, on all, on all trips. So I'm never going to go against the big boss, Chris Waller. He, he's always got plans and targets and, he almost knows ahead of time what's going to happen. So 
yeah, she'll run well for sure. On to the next, and you double down. So you double down on the Blue Army, and oh, geez, this horse would have traded at about a dollar ten, I reckon, with four hundred to go, and then he was probably a dollar one with three hundred to go. He's just he he bounced back. He was flat last week, the two weeks ago. I thought his run was flat behind Converge. You've attributed a lot of that to its to the ride by J Mac, but couldn't have ridden him any better any better this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like a you, you go from very elegant with J-Mac where he was so negative and, and just sat back and almost was riding to instructions. The very next race, he's gone the complete opposite and had such an aggressive, positive ride. Got Anime right up there. And obviously, Profondo was running his own race for, for most of the, of the race there. So you just sort of had to settle down, take it easy, but still keep the horse in rhythm. Don't, don't leave him out last, even if you did draw wide. So ultimate ride from, from J-Mac in the end. And I think regardless of the conditions, the race shape, um, you know, the, the track conditions, this horse is going to win this race. And it was just a matter of how far, not whether or not he was going to win. So Queen Elizabeth beckons for Animo. Um, I've got him on top. As far as his figures goes, he's got 2.9 above benchmark. So second best on the day, really nice performance. Um, you know, super closing splits as well. And how strong was he through the line? J-Mac kept scrubbing him and the horse looked like he could have gone for another 600 metres and, and won by a street in the end. So really excited about where this horse can get to. For sure. He's just a gun. He's one of the best three-year-olds I reckon we've seen. You tell me now, I think we've spoken about this question, Autumn Sun versus Animo. I've put you on the spot here, but it's an interesting question because we're looking at two very similar profiling three-year-olds. What yeah. do you reckon? Um, very tough question. I love both of the horses. If I just look at it from the head, not the heart, I've got a lot of respect for Animo. He's he's done a lot times-wise and, and obviously over a number of different trips. But the way the Autumn Sun was able to win his races, he was almost like a flash. He just came and went. He had, I think, eight or nine starts. Every single start was breathtaking. Should have been unbeaten. He won eight of nine. I've never seen a three-year-old like him in recent memory. I know you can go back to horses like Atlantic Jewel and that sort of thing, but that's another conversation. But for me, the Autumn Sun sits on top of, of what I've seen as far as three-year-olds in recent memory. For sure. I, I would have agreed at the start of this prep that, that the Autumn Sun, and that's a very hard decision for me because I've got such, I've such strong feelings for that horse that's behind you. I think Animo, I think his resume now is, is just... The potential of the Autumn Sun could have been anything, but I think in terms of what Animo has actually achieved, like he arguably could have won a Cox Plate as a yep. three-year-old. So it's such an interesting debate and I love having it as well because I think it's a really, really good comparison. Um, race seven, the George Ryder, this promised to be a really, really good race. Um, we always had a few big scratchings. I thought Hungry Heart getting scratched and Mwanga both coming out took a bit of the quality out of the race. Forbidden love, she's just bulletproof on wet on wet tracks, isn't she? She, yeah, she's flying. She's a mudlark, and and Bowman just gets the absolute best out of this horse every time. Whether she leads, whether she takes a sit, she's she's now versatile as well, and she's getting it done at different distances. So, you know, a lot of positive signs for this horse going forward. I'm not sure where they get to next. Are they going to try and step her out to the mile potentially for a for a Doncaster? Perhaps I'm not sure. I was taking the position before this race that 1500 was going to be the absolute max of her best trip. I really thought she'd be better suited at 1400. So that's why I sort of took her on with Colette. Obviously you gave a really good push to forbidden love in the, um, in the preview. So we've gone one, two there again. Um, Colette ran really well. 
Uh, really good times as well. So Forbidden Love 2.3 above benchmark overall figure and Colette's run 1.1. I just think Colette's looking for more of a trip now, that's all. She was obviously strong going through the line again um, and just sort of had to duck back to the inside to that inferior ground towards the end. So um, good to see her back and running well, especially after that flat run that we saw. Um, but yeah, Forbidden Love, geez, I, I wonder where they're going to go. Hopefully she can stretch this out to the 1600 because she's obviously got a lot of quality um, and we'll see how we go. For sure. I thought she was fantastic. Um, the race just set up perfectly for her as well. She was pretty well back. She was into 220 on the tote too. So the money was spot on. And again, we hit the Quinella, which is fantastic to see. Pays $4 too. So hopefully a nice little collect for a few people there. Onto the slipper. It, it didn't appear to be a race that batted very deep. There, there looked to only be a few chances. You've got the Blue Diamond winners run fourth. You've got the... Um, Coolangatta, who was sort of the horse that everyone thought was the star of this crop. Um, best of Bordeaux's shown a few things. And then Fireburn, the second of Yenboy's tip. So, mate, it's just, the ride was fantastic. The story's great, obviously, for Brendan, but clearly the best horse won the race. Yeah, we were, we were crying out for the last sort of four or five weeks going, where are the two-year-olds? Where's this dominant two-year-old that can really stamp themselves as, you know, just the leader of the pack. So I really think we've found it here. 2.3 above benchmark, which two-year-olds just don't do. It's it's fourth best of the day on a heavy deck as well. So clearly excels in that. But the horse is versatile as well. It's actually run really well on, on some firm ground as well. So this is the horse we were looking for. It's now had five starts of four wins, um, most recent being the slipper. So this is this is it. This is a leader of the pack. Horses in behind, um, cool and get it. I don't think you, you can lose any admirers with that run. She obviously just didn't enjoy or appreciate that heavy going. Still tried her heart out. So hopefully the horse can improve once they get back onto to a, to a dry deck. And best of Bordeaux was obviously brave as well. But we got it right. We took on the blue diamond form. We didn't think there was any sort of value there. Um, and yeah, Fireburn in the end, 12 bucks. Um, yeah, just unbelievable seeing that horse go over the line. What a thrill. Hopefully we can keep the good times rolling, mate. For sure. And hats off to you. You gave him a really good push um, in our preview. Make sure you are listening into our previews because there might be some things we miss in our tip sheets that you might be able to pick up in the previews and what we talk about. We do, we do cover lots of stuff. So make sure you do listen in. Race nine. This is nearly the story of the decade, isn't it, in horse racing? Um, Shelby 66 has gone from winning a highway about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, to now winning a Group 1 Galaxy. It was 13s into 570, so they thought that it could win. The punters backed it. I just don't even know what to say. Like, we, we couldn't believe it. No, I was in absolute disbelief when this horse, not only disbelief when he won today, but when he split Nature Strip and Eduardo, and when he won last week as well. I've just been in disbelief for the last three weeks you sit back and you just go, how the hell can a horse back up eight out of nine weeks? Like it's run eight times in the last nine weeks and is still improving. It's best figure came on Saturday. I don't know how the hell you can find improvement on heavy tracks and just running every week. It's gone two and a half lengths above benchmark, third best of the day. Super performance. Um, it's a group one. I've got no idea how a horse gets beaten in a Sapphire Coast um, benchmark 70 or something and win a group one in the same prep. I'd have to go back and have a look to see if that's ever been done. But, you know, it, these are one of those races where you just, it's, it's almost like you just say, this is racing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. 
you can do the form, you can sit down and go, okay, who's going to win this race? Who's the best chance? Who's the best performed runner? And fucking Shelby wins. I, like it, it just defies belief. And it, there's always races that come along like this and you just hold your hand up and go, you know, that's racing. It, it's, it's almost why it's not called winning. Like you say. The thing that I love about this horse and I'm only hopping on now. I really am. There's no, no question. This is a bandwagon hop on, but to the eye, he just attacks the line. Like when he got out, when Jay Ford, uh, Robbie Dolan finally got him out, he just smashes the line. Like he wants to win. The horse is a line chaser for sure. And that's something that goes beyond it's, it's, it's the intangibles that go beyond the figures and, and the IVR benchmark that we always talk about is, is does the horse have that will to win? So you know, super run from the horse. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to go to the TJ or potentially even they're talking the Everest as well. So who knows? But I think what happens now is, and I'll put my hand up and say that I was a detractor of this horse. We obviously had had a bit of a laugh two or three weeks ago about the horse starting 40s or whatever it was behind Eduardo. But, you know, I'm happy to stick my hand up and say I didn't think the horse is going to win. And that's something we do on our podcast is we stick by everything we say and we don't edit or take anything out after the fact. It's all there for everyone to see. So, um, you know, happy to say that, that I got this run, this one wrong, but just a little one to follow as well as big parade has obviously come back in really good order. Mark Newnham's got this thing um, primed and hopefully this thing can get to a TJ as well and, and run well there um, and potentially an Everest at the end of the year. But that's, that's probably it for our Rose Hill card. Another segment that we, starting to, to implement into our podcast as well, mate, is the call of the weekend. So our Saturday best call, you're, you're, a, you're an up-and-coming caller yourself. Um, obviously, there was, uh, I think it was towards the, the start of last year where, you know, the, the views were going through the roof. You made an appearance on racing.com and, and the like. So, mate, talk to me about the call of the, the, call of the week and, and uh, which race did it come in? Yeah, call of the week is actually a perfect lead-in. So, we had Shelby 66 and I thought Darren Flindell's call of that race was fantastic. Um, obviously a special moment too, like for Danny Williams, I think he just summed it up really well. What I'm going to do, we're going to do something a bit different. Um, I'm going to actually call last 200. So strap yourselves in, let's get excited. Um, so obviously this was the galaxy race nine. Shelby's just come over the top and beaten big parade and in the Congo. So Shelby 66 getting into the clear. It's in the Congo from Big Parade. Shelby 66 is coming after them. Shelby 66 is going after Big Parade. In the Congo fighting on. Shelby 66 put the nose in front. Wow. From Highway Horse to Group 1 Hero. So I just thought it was a fantastic call from Darren. I thought he summed up this eight-week block that this horse has had so well. So... A little bit of fun there. We'll try and um, make sure we get a call of the week to you guys every week. Um, they raced in Melbourne too, Jackson. I know we've covered plenty of Rose Hill, but they did race in Melbourne. Um, not a bad meeting. Um, we went okay. Let, let's kick it off with race two. So we obviously had um, Express, <coughs> oh, Express Pass um, in race two is one that you've tipped on top. Um, Lombardo didn't, wasn't he on the nose? Like he's drifted from what, three bucks out to 550. So that was just, no, nah, it was just no bet in the end. Unfortunately, we couldn't get that out to the punters, but express pass, mate, you've tipped it. Yeah. And it's run really well as well. And, um, I just wanted to be with horses that were fit over the weekend. And, um, yeah, the, the, the market was, was alarming for Lombardo, wasn't it? Especially when horses are first up, um, 
massive alarm bells. So um, anyone that was following the market, hopefully you, you, you kept the uh, gun in the holster and the powder dry. But Express Pass has run really well, plus eight, uh, plus 0.8 above benchmark. So really nice performance. They weren't going too fast. They were just traveling just under benchmark to the 800. So that's well within the horse's wheelhouse um, and had plenty to offer at the end. And Almost got nailed, a few heart attack moments. But um, yeah, Zorro's Dreams run super as well. Two horses that love the straight. Um, yeah, re really nice performance. He was the one that they backed as well, Zorro's Dream. And he loomed up on the fence. I thought he was going to go past your thing. But Express Pass, just, he just loves the straight. Just absolutely loves the straight. Race three, we saw one go, down, go around at Winx Odds, which seems a bit ridiculous that they've given us $1.15 on the day. But... I suppose there was nothing was ever going to beat it. Star of Eden I actually thought was a pretty pretty fair run. Obviously, not a lot of speed with the five, only the five or six runners, but well, Star of Eden was a really good run. Yonce just continues the picket fence. Yeah, continues the picket fence. Hasn't actually uh, built or improved off its off its last performance, so it's actually regressed a little bit. So it suggests a couple of things to me. So the caveat is that the the quality wasn't here, and they obviously weren't going as fast, so probably didn't get the opportunity to post a big figure. But I think a couple of things here. So the horse has probably come to the end of its preparation. Hopefully they take it out for a spell and don't flog it anymore. Um, but you never know that the Murrah and Eustace camp can always keep these things up. The other thing as well is I think the horse might be better suited at a mile. So um, obviously gets the trip. It's got no issues there, but it's absolute best. And the way it's able to sprint off any sort of uh, tempo uh, is, is at the mile. So really keen to see if this horse can attack some of those big mile races potentially later in the, in the autumn or even in the spring. Um, really nice horse going forward. Picket fence, as he said. Um, yeah, all eyes on. I'm thinking Queen of the Turf. That's, that's the race I'm thinking. I'm not sure if that's what they'll do, but maybe come up. She eats wet ground too, so that she can go on anything. Um, race five, we'll, we'll skim over this, but we had to mention it. We found one at 17 bucks. It's unbelievable. So Glassy Miss has won the Country Mile Series final. Um, yeah, and looked home from the 400 as well, which they don't often do at 17 bucks. So Glassy Miss for Harry Coffey, um, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what we do it for. $17 winners, this is what you get in the game for. It's, it's, there's no better feeling. Um, just the thrill of having a winner, let alone a winner at 17 bucks, is, is something that can't be matched. I'm not going to go too, too far into the figures or anything like that. There are obviously a lot of country runners, but to, to be able to find a horse at that sort of odds is, is um, yeah, it's, it's the reason why we do this, mate. Enough said, I reckon. Enough said. So stay on board with this. The All-Star Mile, we didn't get this race wrong. We, we knew that this horse could win. Really nice, patient ride on Zaki. He was backed like he couldn't lose. He was into 240. Um, I'm Thunderstruck, I thought it was a fantastic run. That was our main sort of play, the horse that we thought would go the closest to maybe knocking him off. So we smashed the Quinella, which is fantastic, pays 11.10, which is really good. He's very good, Zaki. Um, he's jumped from gate 15, crossed, and then just headed off the horse at the 500 and hung on. What'd you take out of the race? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we're really excited about the race coming in. Um, he's gone best of the day 3.2, uh, which was expected to see him go over the line first. The, the best of the day was always going to come out of this race. So um, the horse has just got a lot of talent and ability. And we both touched on the preview that neither of us would, would bat an eyelid if he, if he bombed this field. And he did in the end. So super ride by car. I almost got secondhand embarrassment seeing the sectionals of this race. 
I really did. Like they're running for $5 million and they're traveling a couple of lengths below benchmark. Before the race, I was taking the position that Zaki would be a little bit vulnerable second up, just having that really soft run. He's got another soft run again. So Jamie Carr would have been giggling at the 600, knowing that they're going at these, you know, track gallop sectionals and she's sitting outside the lead on the best horse. So unfortunately, we were never a chance from that neutral perspective. But from a betting perspective and, and actually investing in the race, I had a big smile on my face as they went over the line. And I'll tell you the reason, Ned. Zaki at fixed odds paid $2.60 to win. I'm Thunderstruck as 280 the place. So I had a nice big fat grin on my face when they came over the line. We found one over the odds and you're still able to make money on the race. And we both touched on in the preview, Zaki can win. He's obviously the class, but what are we doing with our money? And I think that's something that, um, you know, is, is another layer to punting is that can you take the ego out of the equation and try and forego the thrill of having a winner with actually making money through an investment. So it's something just to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, obviously really nice performances as well. I'm Thunderstruck has gone 2.2. So nice great enough ride. run. The horse great just, ride. yeah, great ride as well. Great ride as well. The, the gap opened up and um, hopefully the horse can, can get to a Doncaster as well and, and attack that. For sure. I um, Just lastly, just on what you said before, like we've taken an each way price about I'm Thunderstruck and we get 280 and we've also... As the Quinella as well. So it's a perfect little way to make some money around a short favourite. We do try to do it a fair bit too. Um, we'll roll on to race seven. This will be the final race we do for the day. Gentleman Roy has come out, come out with 53 kilos and won $2.40 there. But you think you found, found a pretty smart one. And obviously we know this is a smart horse, but maybe one to follow. Yeah, Cherry. Um, Cherry Tortoni. I gave him a nice enough push on the, uh, on the preview podcast. So... Obviously, just him sitting last, they were going at decent enough fractional, so he was able to make up the ground. But I just like seeing him last on the fence um, at the six seven hundred. I just I thought the horse wouldn't get anywhere near the finish, and the way he was able to finish off. If anyone wants to go back and have a look at that replay, visually the horse was absolutely slashing. So he's gone two lengths above benchmark. He was third up, so hopefully there's a touch of improvement to come. Fourth up, I'm not sure where they're where they're headed. I'm going to keep a very close eye on where this horse is nominated. I think it's a horse to follow going forward. Had absolutely no hope at the 600 and produced the third best last uh, 200 of the day. And that's in a mile race. So this is a day where there was three or four sprint races where they're running a lot quicker times. And this horse has gone third best last 200. So a lot of ability at this horse and um, pretty keen to see where they get to going forward. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, I thought it was a great run. Um, Run of the day out of Melbourne. So we've got Cherry Tortoni and then run of the day one to follow is Chalk Stream just into the Sydney Cup. So maybe two to jot down there. That's the end of a massive week. We've obviously got a big week coming up as well. We've got the William Reed on Friday night and that'll be at the Valley. Um, and then we've got a, another day at Mornington down in Melbourne. Um, and then in Sydney, we've got a huge day as well. So we'll try and get the podcast going for Thursday night this week so that we can get a William Reed tip, tip sheet in um, as well as the weekend as well. Um, mate, it's been a dream. It's been fantastic. Always is, mate. Hopefully another great week coming up. Let's do it. Give me a Jacko. See you, mate. Cheers.